I used to think I could multitask. In fact, I used to think I was great at multitasking. And then the whole ADHD thing, when I started learning more and more about how my brain works, Mm -hmm. I am the opposite of multitasking. I can't multitask. If you try to make me, I will dive down every rabbit hole within sight. Right. And think I'm being productive. It's like, I think I'm doing a little of everything and I'm really doing not very much of anything. ADHD Rewired, episode 234. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Whatever your challenge, whatever your reason, we all have a story, and I want to invite you to write your next chapter with ADHD Rewired. If you've been thinking about joining us this fall, starting September 21st for our 14th season of coaching and accountability groups, the time to act is now. Registration ends this week. To register for our fall coaching and accountability groups, RSVP for one of our information and registration events on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Wednesday, we're doing it at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Thursday is at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and Friday is at 9 a.m. Pacific and 12 p.m. Eastern. If you are Mountain or Central Time, I have all those times broken out on the website. To learn more, to see session dates and times, and to RSVP for our final information and registration events, go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. And if you're planning on doing that and you didn't write it down, please hit pause. Grab a pen and write it where you know you'll see it or call someone who you know will remind you or stop what you're doing right now and take two minutes to go to coachingrewired.com to RSVP for one of these sessions. That's coachingrewired.com. If you're thinking about joining this group, you should not be hesitant to invest in yourself and taking care of your brain and your happiness because when you focus on that, it makes everything easier and everybody else around you will be much happier with who you are if you are happier with who you are. That's coachingrewired.com. Hey, I want to thank Tanya M, Kimberly B, Mindy F, Melissa B, Pixie P, Courtney P, Eve J, Daniel Q, and Lonnie W, who all showed their support for ADHD Rewired in the month of August by becoming patrons over at patreon.com. Patreon is a way for you to show independent content creators like me that you value their work by giving a monthly pledge. Most people give it the $5 a month level, but you can give it any amount that makes sense to you. If you value this podcast, the community, the live Q&As, and everything else we do, I'm asking that you toss in a few bucks if you're able to. Give what makes sense to you. We have patrons that give $1 a month. We have patrons that give $50 a month. And if right now you're not in a place where you can contribute, that's okay too. You can support ADHD Rewired by leaving an honest rating and review, which is a really powerful way that you can actually help other people find this podcast. You can also share your favorite episodes that you like on social media 
and tell your friends and family support groups. If you're involved in one about the podcast as well, that's a really awesome way that you can show your support. But if this podcast is a regular part of your week, if you talk about me like we're friends and we've never actually spoken to each other, you know who you are. Do me a favor. Show your support. You can also get some cool perks like invitations to join patron-only events each month. To become a patron, go to ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon, or just click the Patreon tab at the top of ADHDrewired.com. The website again, ADHDrewired.com slash Patreon. And thanks. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. Today's guest is Bob Levitis. Bob is the author of more than 80 technical books and has been a columnist for the Houston Chronicle since 1996. He's known about his ADHD for almost 20 years, and he says now at this point, he considers it kind of a blessing. So Bob has a, a company uh, called Working Smarter for MacUsers.com. Is that the actual company name or that's just the website? The company's name is Working Smarter for Productions, but the, all the products are called Working Smarter for MacUsers.com. All right. And so Mac, um, uh, Mac, Bob is a Mac uh, sort of proficionado, and he's going to uh, kind of help us understand how he uses uh, different Mac products to really help his productivity and uh, uh, hopefully to help your productivity. So if um, if you are listening and you're like, I don't have a single Mac product, I would encourage you to still listen because there's a chance your grandma might have a Mac product that she needs help with um, and you may want to switch at some point. So um, I have no... I, I have to interrupt because yeah. a lot of my stuff is generic. Um, like when I tell you to use a certain thing to time your 25-minute work sessions on the Mac, uh, there's equivalents on all other platforms and you don't even need to use a computer. You can use a phone. So a lot of the things I'll talk about aren't specific to the Mac. They're just aimed at Mac people because that's how I do it. All right. And the first half of the book is, you know, Mac software that will help you, but it's stuff that you could get on Windows. I just don't know anything about Windows, so I couldn't tell you about it. <laughs> you and me both. We, we, should, we, should have, uh, we should have called a lifeline in for, for the, uh, the, our Windows uh, person who can say, what, what is uh, the Windows application that does this thing? I used to have a translator. <laughs> I wrote a book called Stupid Mac Tricks. And it was really popular. And the publisher said, can you do stupid Windows tricks? And I said, no, uh, but I could hire a translator. So I hired a guy and I said, find 15 stupid things, write about them in my voice. Because <laughs> that's what I did. I have, I, I'm happy to say uh, I don't do, oh, you can't see it. But that little blue dot up there by the beetle says, I don't do Windows. <laughs> All right, so uh, so we're both Windows or we're both Mac people. We, we are very, uh, I guess, clueless in the Windows environment. But what we're going to be talking about are things that can uh, apply to to both. Um, there's a little tool on the internet available called Google, so I'm sure you could just uh, enter in any kind of search query to what we're talking about and be able to find uh, a related tool that we're going to be talking about. But before we do, Bob, I want to sort of uh, give you an opportunity to kind of briefly share just a little bit of your ADHD story. Absolutely. So before I was diagnosed, 
I, I did the same things I'm doing now. I was a freelance writer. I was writing books. I was writing articles and columns. I, I had a very busy life, but uh, it would take me from whenever I woke up, which was early. I'm an early riser, so 7, 8 in the morning until 10, 11 at night to do everything that needed to be done and not miss deadlines. And it was Groundhog Day. I just I worked 16-hour, uh, 17-hour days almost every day. I never got caught up. I just the, 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 My to-do list just got longer is what happened. And then one day, my, a friend of mine handed me uh, uh, Driven to Distraction and said, you should read this. I think you have ADHD. And I read it and I said, I think I have ADHD. And so I found a doctor that specialized in ADHD and he said, I have ADHD. And so since it was unanimous, I figured it was time to read more about it and learn how to, how to deal with it. And I was in group therapy and individual therapy for years. And really, I loved the group because a lot of them uh, were like me. They were looking for, for solutions that were applicable to people who spent their day at the, at the keyboard in front of a computer. It's like, how can, how can, how can we do stuff for us? And so some of the things that, that I still talk about today, I learned way back, you know, 20 some years ago in group therapy. Now, is this group for specifically for individuals with ADHD? Adult ADHD, yeah. There wow. was an adult ADHD, uh, I think there were six at a time, and there was a long wait list. You know, I, as, uh, as you, you may or may not know, I'm a huge uh, uh, fan of doing group. I mean, it's, it's the only modality that I even do now, just because I know uh, I've seen the power uh, that it has. What was that like for you, being a part of a group of other, with other adults with ADHD? It was awesome. It was way better than my individual therapy because I got to hear other opinions of how to do stuff and what worked for other people. And, you know, with, with one guy, it's like my, my therapist is great, but he's only one guy and he, you know, either only does it one way or only uh, has read about a couple. Being in a room with six or seven people that all do different things um, and having them, you know, explain how they're doing things, I just found it invaluable. And in fact, I stayed a lot longer than I needed to just because every week it was fun. It was like, even if I don't learn anything, it's kind of cool hanging out with these people and hearing it. And if I pick up one good tip, it was worth the hour I spent. Awesome. We, we, we are a pretty fun group of people as a whole, I think. I thought it was good. I mean, I, I haven't been in any other group therapy since. <laughs> I didn't have high hopes either. I thought it was going to be kind of weird, but it was really fun. And, and you know, I liked my therapist and I liked all the people in the group. And I, I felt like, you know, wow, there's lots of people that got this thing like me. Yeah. yeah. And it was nice being in a group with people because most of the time I'm not with people who have ADHD, or at least I don't know if they do or don't. And they probably don't know if I do or don't. So it was kind of cool having it all hang out. So that was that was 20 years ago. A lot is, I would imagine, has changed uh, in the last 20 years. Or is uh, so? Walk us through kind of some of the uh, the highlights or or maybe low points of the last uh, 20 years that got you to where you are here. I walked away after after the years of uh, group and individual therapy and reading a lot and stuff and and trying all kinds of stuff. I tried getting things done. And I tried some other, some other planner and uh, things, which was a Mac getting things done app. And I tried everything I could find and nothing really was right for me. And so I started thinking, well, there's parts of these things that work for me. It's like, I, I, I really do like writing stuff down for the day and having an organized plan of what I'm going to do. Uh, and I like the 
wherever I learned it, uh, most important tasks, isolate the three most important things I'm going to do today and make sure they get done. Uh, having a plan. <laughs> I never had a plan before. Uh, I had a to-do list that ran to like 15 pages and I would just cherry pick the fun stuff or the easy stuff. And, and that led to a lot of late nights frantically typing to meet a deadline. So the thing I walked away with was number one, I got to be organized. I got to really be, uh, I got to have a plan and I got to figure out how to um, stick to it and not get distracted. And the, the, the key for me has been the Pomodoro. Uh, 25 minute work sessions. Talk a little and bit more about that for, for listeners who might not be familiar with the Pomodoro. Absolutely. I would expect most people with ADHD have heard of this some, at some point because it's in a lot of the things I read. And after a while, I said, okay, I'll try that. And, and it's a very simple uh, technique. You set a timer for 25 minutes and then you do one thing and one thing only for 25 minutes with no interruptions. Then you take a five minute break and do it again. Um, and because it's short, 25 minutes. I can do anything for almost anything for 25 minutes. And because I know I'm getting a five minute break when I'm done, I can plan to go procrastinate during my procrastination minutes. Mm. So, you know, if your thing is cat videos, then those are five minutes of cat videos. You don't do it while you're working. You finish the, five, the 25 minutes of work and then you get your cat videos. And then when the bell rings again, you go back to work. And, and if that's not good for you, make your breaks longer. Take a 10-minute break and work 25 minutes. If the 25 minutes is too long, make it 20. But focus and, and stay on one task for those 20 or 25 minutes. And that, to me, really, really helps me get through the work. Because otherwise, I'm interrupted all the time by myself. That's, that's easy for us to do. I know. Um, I'm it, always running off to do something if I, if I don't keep myself in check. But while the clock is ticking and I'm in a 25-minute session... I actually imagine that my uh, my rear end is glued to the chair. And one of the things I heard you say, which I think is really uh, um, worth sort of highlighting, is here's sort of the the traditional way you do a Pomodoro, but experiment and figure out what works for you. Well, I say that about everything, everything. because <laughs> nothing I've ever read worked for me out of the box, you know? Like, I, I do some of the things that... that uh, What's his name from Getting Things Done suggests? Mm -hmm, David Allen. But I, yeah, David Allen. And I like his writing and I think he's a really smart guy and he, I think he's got lots of good ideas, but not one of them worked for me the way he wants you to do it. Yeah. And it's so rigid that I spent more time trying to please David Allen than I did getting work done. <laughs> you know, for and so I, I gave it up and just pulled out the little things like uh, don't do email when it pops up and says you got a new message. Uh, that that's I think I got from David Allen, and that's great advice. But yeah. you know, when you combine it with all the other things he wants you to do, I went crazy. That you was know, not well, for me. One one of the things that uh, you know I'm, I remember reading of, of his, where it's just like that's that I don't think that could happen. Whereas if it, if you can do something in two minutes, do it now. And my thought was. I don't think there's anything that takes no, me. No, that's not, <laughs> and that's not good advice for people with ADHD. Right, right. Because there's no such thing as a two-minute task. Right. Yeah. Um, so going back to the Pomodoro for for a moment, you know, one of the the components that I know of uh, uh, the Pomodoro technique that I think a lot of people uh, don't really use, um, and this is a, a variation of what I teach in my coaching groups, 
is this idea of of how do we develop time wisdom when we when our internal clock never came with batteries and we are time blind, <laughs> right? And so it's it's, uh, it's funny that you use that phrase though, time blocking, because that's exactly how I describe the plan I write. Mm-hmm. I time block. Oh yeah, or and I got that from somewhere. I mean, that came from Covey or somebody, but. That's what I. That's what makes it work for me. I could so relate to that that idea where you know you heard about an idea somewhere. You just can't, you can't give the the uh, the credit where it's due just because you can't remember. Not because right. You, oh right. yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to say <laughs> well, like most important tasks, I'm pretty sure I got from uh, the guy that wrote. I have it somewhere. I'm pretty sure I know where that came from. I just don't remember his the, name right the, now. The, the one thing, possibly. Um. No, it was. I just looking through his bookshelf. No, but you know what? I, I just thought of something else, though. Watch this. So you have a problem keeping yourself in the chair. What you need is, can you see this? Is it a seatbelt on your chair? I, I have straps. It's like a backpack. I strap myself in for those 25-minute sessions because the straps on my shoulder remind me not to get up for 25 minutes. How Sometimes often I you, forget. How often, yeah, I was going to say, how often do you, do you try to get up and you oh, crap. Not very often since I started using the straps, but before that, you know, like a couple times a day, I would find myself, oh, wait, the clock's still on. You know, I'd like think I'm going to go get a drink of water. You know, Bob, this is one of, uh, if, we, if you, we go back and look at one of the oldest um, uh, documented uh, sort of descriptions and, and uh, recommendations for treatment of ADHD, which went back to the 1700s, which is in a German medical uh, um, uh, manuscript. And this doctor who wrote about it was actually, he was shunned from the community because they, they, it was viewed at the time that, oh, he was just making excuses for the devil and we can't have any of that. Right. But one of the, the recommendations that they made was to, to help, uh, these individuals, what they didn't call it ADHD then, but to help individuals with, with ADHD was to, to actually strap them in a chair. So you've actually taken one of the oldest <laughs> recommendations and have applied it to you. It's funny how this came about. This is actually a product called, uh, I have to look, but it's lumbar keeper or something. It's for your back. It's got a lumbar roll built in. And if you've, if you've ever had back trouble or you ever tried to sit in a, in a chair and have mm-hmm. your lumbar supported properly, you know that on most uh, work chairs, it's, it's nearly impossible. So this is a whole thing that straps on and then straps you into position so that you can't hunch over this way. Mm. It's not really designed to keep me in the chair. It was it, that's just a, a pleasant side effect. Uh, that's, that's interesting. Wait, so going back to the the Pomodoro. So one of the the things around uh, uh, gaining time wisdom that uh, we, I do in my coaching groups, but this can be done in the very same way with the Pomodoro method is. If we want to know how long things take you, it's not just about tracking how long things take you. It's about first predicting how long you think that task will take you and then do a reality check. You know, time it and actually see it because over time you're going to realize that most tasks you're off by this around the same kind of ratio, right? So you can do the same thing with the Pomodoro technique. And in some ways it may even be easier than just a crude, you know, how many minutes do you think this task will take? Because it's how many Pomodoros do you think this, uh, this task will take? Do you do that? Yes, uh, absolutely. But I've gotten over the years because I've been doing this time blocking probably for eight or 10 years now. And so I've gotten to the point where I, I really do know how many Pomodoros it's going to take. I mean, I'm very good at estimating. And so I'm usually done working by four or five o'clock every day because I don't stack up past that. I, I try to end my day by four or five o'clock every day. And I leave a couple hours of cushion if I don't finish mm-hmm. everything I got from four to maybe six. But uh, 
most of the time, if I'm, if I'm blocking things out and I'm accurate, uh, I get to the end of the day, either right when I think I will, or on a good day, I get there sooner. So let's talk about Mac. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to take your lead on this. You are the, the, what what do you refer to yourself as a Dr. Mac? Dr. Mac. It's my middle, it's my middle name. (laughs) No, it was the name of my first book. And it's kind of been my nickname in the Mac community since time immemorial. So where, where should we begin? What, what do you want to, uh, what, what okay. tools? And Here's one that like, works. Yep. Here's one that works for you, no matter what kind of computer you have. If you don't type 45 or 50 words a minute, you're leaving food on the table. Um, if you, and if you don't touch type, you are really asking for it. As, a, as someone with ADHD, having to look at the keys and going that slowly is going to drive you crazy. When you can get your fingers to work roughly as fast as your brain, uh, you'll be amazed at how much more stuff comes out. So if you can type 45 or 50 words a minute, that 20 or 25 minutes can be a lot of a lot of work. Uh, in my case, it's pages. You know, it's, it can be a lot of pages of uh, good, usable text. So learn to type. If you are not a good typist, by all means, uh, spend some time. There's a great website called typingtest.com. It's free. You can just take drills. You can test yourself and see what your current speed is. And, you know, that's one of those things. If you spend a lot of time working in front of a computer and you're not a pretty good typist, that's the easiest way you can do more in less time. Yeah. And, and nobody talks about it. It's like, I, I've never heard another guru say, hey, you want to be more productive? Type faster. But it, it is kind of a no, no kidding. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where you invest in a time saving skill that you're learning. And it is a, it's a time investment up front. And over time, you, you definitely save a lot, a lot of time. But not only that, you're saving those, that limited resource of our executive function. Because if we, you have to hold on to what you're trying to type while you're looking for the keys, now you're using that working memory, which is not good to begin with. So it's just overtaxing it. So yeah, I think that's I think that's a really uh, really great strategy. That reminds me, I probably need to learn to type even faster because my brain goes way ahead of my fingers. I sometimes have to like just stop and write myself a note <laughs> because I'm not typing fast enough. It's it's unbelievable. I, I wish I could type a hundred words a minute, and I've tried. I've actually drilled and, and tried to practice and get myself there, but I, I'm stuck at about I'm plateaued at about fifty five. Maybe you need to get little finger weights and then uh, so to, to warm up. <laughs> build up, build up. Yeah. Also, uh, here's another tip. Macs, for one, I don't know about PCs, but probably most PC laptops for sure. Uh, and any keyboard that isn't uh, at least that thick, right? So thick. All la- most laptops, they're, they're, they slow you down because having the right amount of tactile response beneath your fingers and just the right amount of pressure to trigger them. You don't have that on a flat keyboard. They mm. have like two states, pressed or not pressed. Mm. With a real keyboard, you can rest your fingers where they're supposed to rest if you're a touch typist and not trigger keys. Mm. And everything, you know, you get the just the right amount of bounce, you can type way faster than on those flat keyboards. So you don't use a you don't use a Mac keyboard then? Uh, it looks like one of those like nerdy like gamer keyboards that no, has like the- this is a Microsoft Ergonomic Keyboard 4000. You can get it at Amazon for forty dollars. I have three of them, one here and two on the shelf in case they go out of production because it's the and I have tested now and this is fun because I get to test keyboards. It's part of my job. 
So I've tested probably a dozen keyboards, and this is the one that works the best for me for two reasons. One, the key travel is just right, you know, takes just the right amount of pressure, and they have just the right amount of pushback and bounce. And the other is, if you notice, the keys in the middle, like mm-hmm. the uh, keys down the H and the N yeah, they're split. and the G and the T, it's split, but the ones near your biggest finger, which is your index finger, are the biggest. And the ones nearest your smallest finger, your pinky, are smaller. Show me that again. I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that when I saw that. It's not all of them, but it's some of them in the middle. Ah. Oh, you see? Well, that's different. Well, and it's kind of, you know, ergonomic and smart because really your bigger finger will hit a bigger key more easily. <laughs> so it, it really is a comfortable keyboard. Also, the other thing is, and you, maybe you can't see this, but most keyboards slant like that. They have legs on the back so that the F keys are up at the top. Uh That is the wrong way for your hands. Think about it. Yeah. So it it should be be like that. It should make a little hill. Right. So here is the built-in rest. And then when it sits on the desk, it sits kind of like that. I never thought about that before. Now I'll show you why. I'll show you why with my hands. If you're typing and you have to go like that to type, that's so, bad. Imagine the zombie. If you walk. have to go like that, it's bad. <laughs> what you want is to hang your, your wrist naturally in front of you like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what this angle does. You know, your your mm-hmm. hands go into a natural, their natural position, and it's got a padded wrist pad right here. So if you're a touch typist, it's comfortable to keep your fingers on the home keys all the time. Does it also have optional straps so you can't leave your hands from the uh... <laughs> No, you need to use crazy glue for that. <laughs> Or or get like a a, a magnetic uh, um, bracelet, and so it's hard to actually remove your hand from the table. Um, another thing that I don't know if you were going to mention, but as far as typing goes, you know, anytime I have to to write more than a few sentences, there's two buttons that I push: function, function on the Mac, and it yep. it's, it's that opens up your dictation if it's enabled, and you enable it in the keyboard system preference panes dictation tab. I knew that. <laughs> and then if you really want it to be cool, go into accessibility and, and uh, turn on the enhanced dictation. Because what that'll do is uh, advanced dictation. It'll let you uh, say things like go to the end of the paragraph, go to the beginning of the paragraph, uh, select this word. It adds all kinds of uh, voice commands to dictation. And it's all free. And if you really love dictation, Spend the money on Dragon, and you can do continuous dictation all day long. You, it can learn the mistakes that you make. It can correct. Uh, you can correct it with your voice really easily. So, do you think that that Dragon is is superior to the uh, built-in Mac? What's built in? Absolutely. If you're going to use it hard and all the time, you will you will just get a lot farther, mm. a lot faster with Dragon. But it's very fussy. It's three hundred dollars. Mm. It doesn't run great. They're not a great Mac company. They don't upgrade their software as often as they probably should. But uh, everybody I know that, that you know, does dictation seriously says you got to go with Dragon. And in fact, I know Mac users who have switched to Windows for dictation because Dragon's better on Windows. Hmm. On the other hand, you got it for free. And if it's good enough for you now yeah. and you're not dictating all the time and you're not trying to dictate a novel and do all the corrections without touching a keyboard you're probably almost as well off. Have you ever uh, seen there's a game called uh, uh, Mad Gab? Have you ever heard of that game? Mm-mm. It's, it's, a, it's a word game. Uh, it comes in this like cube box and it has this, these like weird like phonetic um, uh, phrases. 
And it, what it does is tries to get you to say a certain phrase, but you have to sort of say it just in the right way. And I find that this, that they being good at this game transfers very well to editing when you are when you have used voice to text because it's like, hmm, what do I think it heard me say? Because what it says on the page, it makes no sense at all. <laughs> well, it keeps getting better. I can tell you that uh, a couple of generations ago, well, I think three or four operating systems ago, it didn't even exist. And so, you know, over the past three or four years, it's gotten to be a pretty pretty good alternative to Dragon, especially considering how Mac hostile Dragon seems to be and, you know, how pro voice Apple seems to be lately. You know, mm-hmm. voice voice command is a big thing for Apple, voice recognition. So let's talk a little bit about voice recognition uh, for, our, for our smartphones, for our iPhone mm-hmm. and, and iPad. What, what are some of your favorite ways to use uh, the voice to get around? Oh, I've got one that's a great one. Then most people don't do this. Okay. So let's say you need to pick up some a hammer at Home Depot. Press okay. the button for you know who or say, hey, you know who. I don't like to say it on, on podcast <laughs> because <laughs> I can just imagine everybody's phones going ding. Sometimes I like to say, hey, S-I-R-I. Erase my iPhone. <laughs> when I'm in like when I'm giving a speech to Mac users, I'll do that because it's fun. And of course, she won't do that. But, uh, but I digress. Here's my favorite for, one. For, for, all, summon, for all the Harry Potter fans, we could say for she who must not be named. That's right. She, that's what we'll call her from <laughs> now on. And the other one too, the A one. And they're all <laughs> she who must not be named. So here's what you do. You say, hey, you. Remind me to pick up a hammer at Home Depot. Location-based reminders. Mm -hmm. They're built in. They're automatic. If you don't know how to make one, make it with your voice by saying that. I uh, put my local grocery store in, and I gave it a a unique name. And so now I can say, remind me to get milk and bacon when I'm at the grocery. That's its unique name, the grocery. Now, now let me ask you this, uh, because I have that set up, but I haven't done it in a long time. You have to add those unique uh, identifiers to your contact, don't you? Only if you want a particular store. In the case of Home Depot or uh, HEB, which is the the dominant chain here, if I say HEB, it will uh, notify me. It'll look on maps because it can and notify me when I get near HEB. I'm pretty pretty sure it does because it comes up with a list of them. And you can you can pick the the one you want. Hmm. Okay. And I think it, it picks the closest to you. It, 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 by by default, it's going to pick the one that's closest to you. But if you go buy another one, I'm pretty sure you'll get an alert. I'm not positive about that though. All right, because sure. I only have one of each one of each like yeah. within driving distance. I'm sure a, a listener will let us know if. Uh, if, if well, you can saying. figure it out <laughs> if if it's a problem. You add what you want to your to your uh, address book, and then you can do it by name yeah. all the time. So for restaurants, and I say next time I'm near uh, Mighty Fine, remind me I haven't had a hamburger in a long time. <laughs> Mighty Fine's a good hamburger joint. All right, all right. So what are what are some of the other voice uh, voice commands you like to use? Well, I'm a big music fan, and I so when I work, I like to listen to instrumental music, and I don't know anything about it, like classical or jazz music. I don't even know what I would want to listen to, so I say, "Hey, you, play some classical music, or play some uh, play some soft jazz, or play some smooth jazz, or play some jazz, or uh, play some instrumental rock, 
or soft instrumental rock. And she seems to get all of those, most of those. Then I also love in the car, I can have anything, I, I can listen to anything I want. So I'm not fiddling with my phone trying to get a song to play. If you ask for songs by name, boy, it's great. And I have Apple Music, so I have 42 million songs it, on it's my amazing. iPhone. Like when I, when I first got Apple Music, I was like, wait, I have access to their entire library? If you can think of it, if it's, if oh, it's been released in the last 30 years and anybody's ever heard of it, it's probably there. One of the things that I uh, um, uh, learned recently that you can do is, let's say you're, you're in the car listening to the radio, like, what, what song is this? Or who sings this? You can just hey, push you. Through, yeah. Who sings and this song? And now she's connected to Shazam. Right. So she really gets you a lot of information. It's a, I, I was thinking, of, I was actually talking to my son about this, because I was just like floored and just and, and marveling at the, the, the coding that has to be involved in the, that ability to do that. It is well, a, and think about it. It's been, it's been around for, Shazam's probably been around for 10 years. So it's not only the coding, it's all of the iterations of coding mm -hmm. to make it even better and better. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it is very cool. And I find myself doing that when I'm in stores all the time. I'll hear, uh, I'll hear a song playing and I'll just go, I love that. What, who, who play, what, what's the name of it? Who sings that? Hey, you, what's, <laughs> what's, what is this? Awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, what else do I do by voice? Oh, my favorite voice thing is remind me to do something when I get home. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be out and about and I'll think, oh, I got to, I got to send so-and-so an email or I got to write so-and-so a letter. Or I got to call somebody and I don't want to do it from the car. So that's a big one for me is remind me to do this when I get home. A while back, I talked to, uh, uh trying to remember his name. Who I talked to you. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, glad it was, it's not only me. It, it was the, uh, the, the app developer that I wrote, developed the app. I got this. And we were uh, we were talking about uh, this idea of I, that I wish that the location based reminders would be sort of uh, micro location. So like remind me when I sit at my desk, like that's where I want that reminder. Right. I think we're getting there. I think it won't be long before you can do something like that, but it's going to require sensors. <laughs> right. Or even like a, you know, they remind me when I get home, we know that it, it will, will trigger, you know, with, Within a couple houses of, of our home, right, right? Right. I would want, like, remind me five minutes when after I get to I get the home. desk. Right. right? Five minutes I, after I get home. Right. That would be even better. But I always snooze them for five minutes <laughs> in the garage because they pop up about a block away. Yes. But I, it's great. It's so reassuring to turn the corner and hear it go bing, bing, bing. And ah, uh, good. Because I already forgot all three of those things. You know, for for setting reminders, I uh, one of the things that I also like to do, I uh, find it actually much easier to do using uh, using voice, is when you have like a a, um, a unique or custom interval uh, reminder. So like, remind me on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at ten a. Like, that's a pain in the ass to do like manually. Yeah, super easy. No, see, I like it. to do it manually. How come? Because. What? Because I have to look at it, and if I'm going to adjust it, it's easier to adjust on the screen. And I, I know how to use my um, calendar app to do stuff like that. So I have I have repeating reminders for a lot of stuff, but I've never I don't think I've ever tried to make one by voice. I, in fact, I don't know that I'd ever think to, because hmm. to me, I want to see it. I want to see the little squares on the calendar yeah. and adjust their length. And you know, I know it's going to be hard to do that by voice. Do you uh, do you ever ask Siri uh, what do you have going on today? 
No, but I asked her a lot of weird stuff when I was trying to write an article on here's some weird stuff you can ask Siri. And in fact, I wish I could find it because there were a lot of things. There, there were ways to get her to uh, answer with stuff from um, the X-Files <laughs> <laughs> and I Star Trek quotes. and You can get it to Beatbox. Really? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's see. see. I want to see that. Right. Oh, this is, this is a rabbit hole worth jumping down. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Um, Siri. Just will, press uh, the home button to get to the home screen. Siri, will you beatbox? Okay. So it's being rude right now and cutting me off before I finish what I'm trying to say. Let's see if mine will do it. Siri, Hi beatbox. There, oh my gosh. Will you beatbox for me? Oh, well, I have to turn the volume up. Well, she said, here's one I've been practicing, and I think she was about to, but because I'm on the radio, I had the volume all the way down. <laughs> Let's try it again. Do it again. Tap to edit. Go. Here's one I've been practicing boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I could do this all day. Cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. I think that'll be enough. <laughs> I think she needs more practice. So what, what accent do you have uh, Siri on? She's the British female. Maybe she's the Australian female, but I think she's British. She used to be the British male because he sounded like a butler. And I have her call me your majesty. <laughs> no, wait, your highness, your, your highness. highness. It was your majesty. Now it's your highness. Yeah, because it's fun. It's fun when she calls you by that when you're with people. I say, well, you got to keep these artificial intelligences in their place. All right, so uh, there's obviously a lot of fun, uh, uh, useless things that we can do <laughs> with, uh, with, with Siri. Um, what are some of the other um, uh, things as far as uh, voice commands that, that you find helpful? I don't really do that much else by voice. Uh, a lot of times I will use it for productivity. If I'm someplace and, uh, and it's possible to, to talk to my phone, I'll answer email that way. Mm. You know, I'll just go and answer email by voice because it's a lot easier than typing on the phone for more than about four words. So uh, I use it a lot if I'm like, you know, if I get somewhere early and I've got a few minutes, I'll try, I'll do triage on the mailbox. You know, I'll go through it and delete mail. And if I'm going to respond, it's got to be by voice. I'm not going to type. My, my thumbs are too fat to type on a iPhone keyboard. Yeah, I forget who I was. Uh, I was talking with someone and I was showing them something on the iPhone. And, you know, I always like this idea that, that we're sometimes we are uh, we're so in the thick of it that we forget the things that are known and unknown to others. And I showed someone who didn't know what that little microphone icon was on their keyboard. And I told them, well, if you touch that, you can just talk instead of type. And it blew their mind. And so, like, if you're listening, you know, um, I'm not sure what the chances are if you're listening to a podcast and you didn't know what that microphone icon is. But just in case, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, I, I you know I, I used to teach an iPhone class at UT in their in their extension their adult uh, what do they call it informal classes mm -hmm. and I was shocked at how many people didn't know about that you know I, I do it as part of the you know here's some productivity tips for answering mail one don't type <laughs> do this and they're like oh that's what I didn't know you could do that it's <laughs> like well, you never touch the that microphone button to see what happened. Well, it's people of like my, my parents' generation, you know, who uh, who are like, I figure out technology by pushing a button and seeing what happens. Right. Well, you felt like afraid to push buttons. Oh, it's their loss. <laughs> and of course, I have to say that it's made a career for me. Uh, so 
you know, I mean, if people didn't need to buy books about stuff like the iPhone and the Mac, I, I would have had to get a real job, which would have been near impossible. Right. I learned that early on. I am unemployable. <laughs> I have to be the boss. I, I can very much relate to that. So what are some of the other sort of tools, uh, not necessarily Siri, but some of the other things within, uh, within the iPhone that uh, we think people just got to know about? So here's one that, that works on both the iPhone and uh, the Mac, and it kind of works between them. So if, if you want, you can create what, what I call snippets or shortcuts for things that you type often. So my email address is bob at workingsmarterformacusers.com. I think that's 53 characters of typing. So if I type 50 words a minute, that's a one-minute email address. So if, if you set up a shortcut for it, I type BW, and the Mac or the iPhone expands that into bob at workingsmarterformacusers.com. And so I have dozens of these set up. Well, I have one for each email address. I have it for my home address. I have it for my phone number. I have it for uh, a bunch of um, phrases I use often, like raging thunder lizard of productivity. <laughs> I type that a lot. So I made a shortcut, RTL, and I get the raging thunder lizard of productivity. And so where is that? So let's, let's tell people where that, where that is on their... That is in... Uh, on, well, here's the thing. You do it on your Mac. You can do it on your on your iPhone, but it's much harder because, of course, it's smaller okay. and the, the fields are smaller. So you go to text, the keyboard system preference pane, and it's in the text tab. You just click the little plus button and add a, it says replace in one column and with in the other. So replace is where you type BW, Bob, Bob, and then in re- with, you type whatever you want it replaced with. Then whenever you type those three characters or two characters and and, and a space, uh, it expands into the longer thing. And what's nice is if you create them on your Mac and you're using iCloud, I'm pretty sure it's iCloud Keychain that governs whether this syncs with your iPhone, but it'll sync with your iPhone if you've got iCloud and syncing going. And then all the things that you set up on your Mac you can also use on your iPhone, which is really convenient. Do you ever use? Uh, I, I am a, a big uh, user of uh, Text Expander, which is sort of well. The, that's exactly what it is. Right. And what, the thing is, I don't like to tell people they have to go spend four dollars a month on Text Expander until they've got a few of these, and they say this is awesome. Right? Yeah, I teach this first, and then I talk about. Well, here's the thing: there's even more than Text Expander. If you own any of these other utilities, there's Alfred LaunchBar. Type it for me and keyboard maestro and at least one more that all have that snippet that expand uh, shortcuts thing built in. So you may already own something that does it better than the system preference pane. But the nice thing about the system preference pane is that what you put in there will propagate to your iPhone. Mm. So I never have to type the URL for my for my business or yeah. my email address or any of that stuff. Now there is a uh, text expander keyboard for your iPhone. And it works pretty well, but it means that you've got to have that keyboard enabled when you're doing stuff and so it doesn't an always step. work. Well, it's two extra steps mm. because it doesn't always work. Then you, so if what, what I've done is actually a lot of my shortcuts are in both places. Mm. So if I'm using text expander, text expander takes care of it. And if text expander fails, the Mac takes care of it. it they, it's funny, but there's no conflict. And mm. I never get double words by having it in both places. So I just, uh, Try to remember to put one in the keyboard system preference pane and this, a second identical one in Text Expander. Mm. 
Um, clearly, we're having fun here because we're at the 40-minute mark. I, I forgot to take a break. You forgot so, to take the break. So we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to keep talking back. We will be right back. If you've been thinking about joining ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups this fall, this week is your last chance to join. This Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm hosting the last three information and registration sessions. You must RSVP to one of these to attend. And if you're serious about joining, I really want to encourage you to RSVP for the earliest one that works in your schedule. Every season, we fill up. Every season, we have a wait list. Don't wait until the last session and risk getting stuck on that wait list. Wednesday, we are doing it 11 a.m. Pacific. That's 12 Mountain, 1 Central Time, 2 o'clock Eastern. On Thursday, we're doing it at 2 p.m. Pacific. That's 3 Mountain, 4 Central, 5 Eastern. And our final one, if we still have space available, will be at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 10 Mountain, 11 Central, 12 Eastern. All of these times are on the website. To learn more, to see session dates and times, and to RSVP, to our final information and a registration groupified events, go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. Before joining this group, I hadn't filed my taxes in eight years, and as of last day of group they are filed not it might change your life but it will change your life it has been the place where my slightly off way of seeing everything which is like just off has been normal and it's wonderful this group was like if i was swapped at birth and then i was finally reunited with my real family you know like the people that i actually sit with before this group i was exhausted and lost and now i am recharged with a map in hand i have better self-confidence since doing this that's amazing i was like this little ball of anxiety and now i'm not that this group for me has been like being given a permission slip to finally stop being afraid of being me allowing me to be more mindful of it and accepting of it it's changed my life just being in this group of people who have the same mindset i joined the group almost immediately after i heard the first couple of podcasts because i was like i like taking classes to learn new things and this seemed like the best kind of class to help me kind of get my shit together i was doing a really good job looking like a normal functioning adult on the surface but on the inside i was just constantly filled with anxiety and panic and just completely freaking out about everything and going through these depressive cycles and and then by the end of the group, I've managed to clear some of the really big, important roadblocks. And now I'm a lot more optimistic about my future. And all because I got all the tools I needed for that during this group. And I have like all the encouragement from great people, like-minded people that have the same problems I do. To learn more, to see session dates and times, and to RSVP, to our final information and a registration groupified events, go to coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. Are you looking for a great way to feel connected to the ADHD community? Want to get your burning questions answered? You want this all for free? Then join me along with the host of the ADHD Essentials Podcast, Brendan Mahan, every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 Eastern for ADHD Rewired's live Q&A. 
to register. Go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. That's ADHDrewired.com slash events. All right, we are back with Dr. Mac. All right, so um, where else should we go? I want to talk about here's, uh, apps here's or other Mac, tools. Here, no, here's, an, here's one that's generic. I'm trying to do ones that are going to apply to you whether you have a Mac or not. So here's one that you know is, is good if you have a Mac, and it's also good if you have a PC. And that is, don't check your email obsessively. Turn off the little number thing. Turn off the badge so that you don't see when you get new email. Turn off notifications for it. In fact, I'm going to pa- I'm going to pause you and have you just repeat what you just said cuz it is so freaking important. So, oh, and then I'll tell you how you tie it in with Pomodoro, but here's the thing. Turn off notifications for everything, but especially mail and messages and any uh, oh yeah. You know, just turn all notifications off, turn the little badge off and check email maybe twice a day at at a fixed time for a fixed length of time because as far as I can tell, one of the biggest time sucks for me. One of the easiest ways for me to get sucked in to wasting more time than I thought I would is to go in open-ended to my mail. Not saying I'm going to spend 25 minutes on it and then I got to do something else. If I just wake up in the morning and dive into my inbox, it could be 11 o'clock before I finish. So uh, I very specifically schedule Pomodoro sessions for mail and I do it twice a day. I do it at 11, 11.30, 11.40, whatever, whenever my Pomodoro before lunch is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do it again at the end of the day before I leave the office. And I leave a buffer for it at the end of the day in case I need more than 25 minutes to clear out my inbox. Because that is one thing I did learn from uh, David Allen. And that is, I want an inbox. Oh, wait, that was Merlin Mann. I'm sorry. Another guy taught me inbox zero. <laughs> Don't yeah. use your inbox as a to-do list. And, yeah. and so oh, I take that pretty seriously. You know, I, 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 uh, there, I had a short period of time where I was like, I want to get inbox zero. I'm totally over that. Um, you know, it's, uh, so I have like, I don't know, like 1400 emails right now in my, in my, uh, inbox. I don't care. Do you know about SaneBox? I've heard of it. What, what does that do? All right. So I pay for SaneBox every month and I hardly pay for anything. I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a tech writer. I get everything free, but that's something I pay for because I like it so much and I, I, I use it. I'm not reviewing it, but it, what it does is it pre-filters your, your mail for you. And it's very, very, very smart. It's got a bunch of cool features. Number one, it knows what newsletters are and what advertising is. And it puts all of that in a folder other than your inbox. Mm-hmm. So immediately your inbox gets 75% less stuff. Then it also, uh, knows what spam is. It can banish a a sender from appearing anywhere. If somebody's bugging you and you've unsubscribed and it keeps coming back, they've got a black hole. They've got snooze button, which is my favorite. So for me, if I don't have to deal with it today, but I know I have to deal with it Mm -hmm. and I don't have time today, I want it to come back on the appropriate day. So with SaneBox, you just forward it to 4 p.m., June 2nd at yeah. sanebox.com and it sits somewhere in sanebox's server until that date and time and then it comes back to your inbox and for me that's invaluable because a lot of the stuff there I need to deal with but if I put it somewhere I'll forget yeah so yeah. you know if it automates the task if I just drag it one place and it comes back there's also it's got two great folders called sane tomorrow and sane next week 
So things that, things that can wait till tomorrow go to sane tomorrow. Things that I want to look at next week go into sane next week. And on Monday, I schedule an extra Pomodoro for mail. You know, the, um, the uh, Gmail app inbox, mm-hmm. um, one of the, it has a nice snooze feature on there where it's snooze to a location. So I can have it pop up back in my email inbox when I get to, when I get to my office. Ooh. Well, you know what, though? I'm okay with just <laughs> date and time. No, because I never leave. I, I, don't, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> You're strapped in, so it's... Uh, it's yeah, I'm basically <laughs> strapped to the chair all day. How can I go anywhere? <laughs> all right, so uh, there's this email. Um, what, what else? That, that was a big thing, though. Turn off the notifications for everything. Don't be looking at the... Somebody just uh, gave you a like on Facebook or... Uh, or, or, or somebody just tweeted something. They turn uh, off the dopamine drip, right? Get, I mean, it, that's... get it all off. You know, make a Pomodoro for it later. Say, say I'm going to take 25 minutes to goof around on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, unless you're the social media director for a corporation and that's your job. Right. But for most people, turn those alerts off, man. That'll make you... Cr- that, that will... I, I, I used to think I could multitask. In fact, I used to think I was great at multitasking. And then the whole ADHD thing, when I started learning more and more about how my brain works, mm-hmm. I am the opposite of multitasking. I can't multitask. Right. If you try to make me, I will dive down every rabbit hole within sight. Right. You know, and think I'm being productive. It's <laughs> like, I think I'm doing a little of everything and I'm really doing not very much of anything. Right. You know, one, one of the things I found with people who say that they're good at multitasking is what they're actually, and they may not even fully re- realize this until we kind of dive in a little bit deeper, but what it is, they just, they like the rush. Like they like how it feels. Doesn't mean they're good at it at all. And nobody's really good at it. And people with ADHD are really bad at it. Well, that's what I found out. And I think the reason I used to think I was good at it was because it feels good. And because you feel like you're being hyperproductive when you got six things going on and you're jumping around between them like crazy. And it keeps you stimulated. but. I don't think it keeps you um, effective or efficient. I think probably, you know, if, if I were to work on a chapter page or a chapter for six minutes with interruptions or six minutes straight, the six minutes straight, even though I'd have six minutes accrued on either one, but the six minutes I worked straight through, I'd write twice as much as if I wrote for six minutes, but did three other things in the middle. And then came back and started up. I believe that it takes you about 10 minutes to get back in the zone, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try when I'm in the zone to stay there until the bell rings. And if I'm in the zone, I try really hard to eliminate or reduce all the things that might pull me out. So I have a big do not enter sign on my door and a, and a pad and paper. If the do not enter sign is up, write me a note and I'll get back to you within 25 minutes. So between sessions, I always check my door to see if, well, the kids are gone, so they don't write notes anymore. But if my wife's around, I'll check to see if she wrote any notes and go take care of it between Pomodoros. So he, but it's all training. It's all, it's all making habits. Yeah. And, and I learned that it takes 66 days to, to either break a habit or instill a new habit. And so, you know, I had always heard it was 21 days or something. Yeah. So here, here's my sort of take on that. So in, in recent years, the whole 21 day, to have it has basically been uh, marked as BS, right? 
Psycho-cybernetics. So, so, so now the new, I think, folklore is 66 days. Like, I think it takes as long as it takes. And I think it does take as long as it takes. And I think when we had this idea of how, how long is it going to take, like, I think that it, it creates additional challenges, especially for us with ADHD. Or like, maybe people think that's what they, they can do something for, for two months, right? And it's like, or they're at the two month mark and it hasn't really uh, been instilled as a habit yet. And so it's like, just, I just think take as long as it takes. What I try to tell them is for some of these things like uh, typing, just keep trying until you get there. Yeah. It's worth it. Keep, just keep at it. I don't know. It's my head works differently, I guess, than <laughs> other people's. Um, I know everyone listening to, to us right now, though, it's like, yes, I'm pretty normal. I mean, it's uh... <laughs> you sound like just a couple of normal guys. Yeah. Well, they, they, if they could see inside our brains, though. <laughs> Um, so you love the Pomodoro technique. You're a big app guy. What Pomodoro apps do you use? Okay. The one I've been using the most lately is called Zonebox. And the reason I love it is it uses your menu bar as a progress bar. So your menu bar turns purple proportionally to how far along your 25 minutes you are. For now, on me, your Mac? Yeah. Okay. So it's awesome. The menu bar turns purple from left to right. So if it's halfway purple, that's 12 and a half minutes. If it's three quarters purple. So the menu you know, bar is at the very top, that like white strip. Yes. Oh, I that like menu that. bar. Cool. It's awesome. And it's free. It's called Zone Box. And the other thing is it puts a little clock in your menu bar, optionally. And I like the clock because it tells me how many minutes exactly. So I want to share a, uh, an app that, a, um, uh, that lives in that same spot that I really like. It's called Next Meeting. Next Meeting. And what that does is it tells you how many minutes it is until your next meeting and, and who it's with. Oh, I like that, except I don't have meetings. So if but you I like if, the idea of that next appointment, you know, cause I do have appointments. Right. I mean, it's cause when I'm, you know, when I'm working on something, I try to cut out all distractions, which could also has the tendency to, for me to keep just barrel through and miss something. So well, it's just when that, you turn off the alerts, right. You know, I've got the alerts set up so that I never miss anything. And then I turn off the alerts so I can work. The trick, the trick is you have to turn on, you have to, if you put your Mac or your iPhone and do not disturb, when you get to your 25 minute mark, you have to remember to turn it back on, check it and make sure there's no crises brewing or maybe know, every other one. Do you know if I have any programs that can actually create a, a schedule to turn off, turn on and off your do not disturb? Well, do not disturb on the Mac. I think you can set an on and off once, but you can't have it as like, all right, turn it on during this time and off during no, that time. I don't know of an app that does that. However, if you option click on the um, notifications menu on a Mac, you turn it off until tomorrow. And if you option click again, you turn it back on. So you don't even have to open it. You just have to remember to, before uh, you start something, option click it and it'll go off. And it turns gray when it's off. So, uh, you can tell, you know, like light gray, so you can tell that it's deactivated. Okay. With a, just a quick visual reminder. There's, a, um, there's an app that I've been using for years called AutoSilent. It's for, it's for uh, iOS. And what that does is it, it can turn your, your uh, ringer and notifications on or off during calendar events or in a specific geo range. So you can say when I'm in this area. Oh, wait a minute, what was that called? <laughs> Auto silent. I love Auto that. You just oh, man. Auto silent. I love that because I forget to turn it back on. That is the, that's the thing, right? We forget. And to what I could do is I could put a couple of events on my calendar that say turn it back on. 
<laughs> so at least a couple times a day, it'll get turned back on and I'll see them. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, it, oh, that's it on occasion can be a, a little buggy, but overall they, they tend to fix the, the, the bugs, but I've been using this app for, for quite some time. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, part of it is I don't use the calendar for anything, but like this kind of thing where, where it's at a, a specific time on a mm-hmm. specific day. So everything else goes either on my daily list or on a, the, the massive to-do list of things I might do someday. It also has a basic uh, timer function. So you can just say, uh, uh, turn it off, no, go silent for the next hour. Oh, that's good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm buying <Sold>. that. <laughs> my ADD said I should pick up my phone and buy it while I'm talking right now, to you, but right? I'm not gonna. <laughs> I wrote it down. Right, what, what other uh, what other either, uh, apps or uh, tools within uh, features within the uh, the either phone or here's, computer? Here's one I like, and this is for Mac or PC, and it actually uh, you can get it on the iPhone too. It's called Focus at Will. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you heard of that? Yeah, I, I used to be a member. I've, uh, I've I've no longer, but yeah, I was a member. I let it lapse. They gave me an, a deal last you know a couple months ago. They they offered me. Uh, a year for like $60 or $40. And I liked it enough to do that, but not enough to pay 12 bucks a month or right. whatever the regular price was. So I'm listening to it again. And sometimes I really like it because sometimes I get lost in stuff like jazz. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, they have a couple of channels that won't get me lost, but do keep me from hearing things around me that would distract me. I like to listen to something, you know, I probably should just get a white noise machine or something, but Focus at Will has been pretty fun because it's got so many different modes. Sometimes I feel like listening to nature noises while I write. Sometimes yeah. I feel like, but there's a bunch of free stuff too. I think um, the trick is if you like to listen to stuff, find the stuff that soothes your brain the most. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't listen to Led Zeppelin when I'm trying to write. <laughs> I'd like to, but I can't, you know, I can't really listen to stuff with lyrics because right. I start singing along. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Focus at Will is nice because there is no lyric music. Mm-hmm. Whatever I choose in there, it's going to just play instrumentals. And it's got a lot of options. I, I suppose it's kind of redundant with Apple Music where I can say play classical or play Tibetan bells or Zen meditation music. I don't know. I don't know if I'll renew, but I do believe that having some uh, noise, ambient sound going rather than being able to hear conversation from the next room or the the UPS truck pulling up or whatever. No, the um, this is a Mac, but I think the the uh, the piece of technology that has I think uh, that has helped my focus more than I ever imagined that it would is I have uh, about two years ago I got a pair of a Bose noise canceling headphones. They're unbelievable. Like they mm-hmm. are incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I can't recommend them enough. Like when I bought them, I'm like, I, it was a birthday present to myself. I, I was looking at them for like a year, you know, I'm like, eh, should I, I don't know if I could spend $400 on a pair of headphones, right? I got them in the first week. I was like, these are amazing. Cause I can wear them all day and they don't hurt my head. Like all other over the ear headphones, I get an hour out of them and my head started to hurt. These are awesome. But my ears are already sweating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are studio headphones. Yeah. They they isolate perfectly. I can use them for playing rock and roll. The guitar won't bleed into the mic, but they're really sweaty and hot and, and not comfortable. I'm going to have to maybe think about those bows. All right. So here, here's a question. Okay. Uh, if you have your, your iPhone uh, there with you, mm-hmm. I'd like you to share what are the apps on your, on your first page? Yeah, well, 
good luck. They're all in folders because oh, there's no. like 700 okay. apps. <laughs> all my apps are on the first page. Now, I'll tell you what's not in a folder. Those are the ones that I use the most. Messages, BusyCal, which is the calendar I use, which uses the Apple calendar. So mm-hmm. it's the same calendar. It's just a different interface. Photos, camera. And that's it for the original stuff. Okay. Everything else, everything else Apple gave me is in a folder called Applesauce. <laughs> I and then there's a folder. There's well, let me tell you what the other stuff that's not in a folder is, because those are the things I use all the time. Just press record. This is one of my favorite apps. When I'm thinking of something and it's too long to try to dictate to Siri. Oops. S word. Um <laughs> She he must I, not this, be named. <laughs> yeah, this app just press record. You just open it and it's got a big red button. You tap the red button and it's recording. And so I just will if I'm trying to, you know, give myself some something to, to remember that's more than a few words, I'll record it. Do you know and that works. in the because I just got the uh, new uh, well, not because it's the, the iPhone S8. So it's new to me in the uh, was it the control center when you flip up from the bottom, you can ha- put the voice memo in there. So it's one yes. of those options. Yes. But you have to name it before you start. (laughs) This is just press the button and go. So a lot of times Mm. naming it, just stopping to type one character is too much for me. No, I get it. This is like it opens up. It says press the button to start. Boom. And here's the killer. The reason I love it so much is it lives in my Apple Watch also, and it works independently. I can press the button on the Apple Watch and talk. And when Mm. I get back, I'll see the number one on my record button on the front page there. And I'll know that I left myself a note. So how long have you been an Apple Watch wearer? Since the beginning. Tell me what you think about it. Well, I used to weigh 240 pounds. I weigh 199 today. And I attribute almost all of that to obeying the Apple Watch. Um, Say more. You know, I'm sure a Fitbit would have done the same thing or, or whatever else they make. But, you know, this has a lot of other things I do. But for me, the activity is the thing. I, I'm, I've got the activity watch face and I live by my rings. Huh. Uh, I exercise 30 minutes every day. I walk 500 calories every day. I move 500 calories every day and I stand 12 times a day. So it's that immediate feedback, which helps that kind of uh, metacognition. So you're aware of what you're doing all the time. In, indeed, being able to look at this and say, uh-oh, my exercise ring is only a quarter full. I need to go out and do 15 minutes of exercise or I won't get, you know, get it all in today. Yeah, it really helps me make sure I get it all in. I mean, you have to make the big commitment to do it. If you're going to ignore it, it's going to be useless. But I, I, I made the commitment to obey the watch. And I've gone, I think I just got an alert yesterday that I am on my 64th day in a row of not missing my movement goal. So, you know, and that, and that's very, well, and that makes, you know, that gives you good reinforcement. So, you know, and I don't want to break my streak now. So now I'm even more obsessive about not letting that ring not get full by midnight. I've gone outside and run around at 1130 because I don't want the day to end without finishing all this exercise (laughs) that I'm supposed to. So, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, here's a, we're going to have a little uh, moment of truth here, uh, and listeners can kind of play along with this with us. So, what app on your phone do you think you use the most? I think that's easy for me. It's the camera app. Okay. Because I, I shoot lots of video and pictures of stuff. And, and when I say use the most, so wait, let, me, let me rephrase my question. Which app do you think you spend the most time on? Hmm. Mail. Mail? Yeah. And here's why I like to do triage when I'm out. 
if I have any kind of downtime, I like to delete the mail I'm not going to read so that when I get home, all that's there is what I need to work with. I don't have to spend the time deleting those. So if I'm in line at the grocery store, I'll be in mail deleting stuff. The other one I spend a lot of time in is called uh, Words with Friends. I I played that a while back. That's the Alzheimer's prevention uh, (laughs) app that I use. All right. So let's, let's have this moment of truth. So how much time do you think you spend in that app? In which words with friends? Yeah. Words with friends in, in a week. A good, I spend about 15 minutes a day. I actually play it on the iPad in the morning when I read the newspaper. Okay. So I, I know how long and it's, I have a bunch of games going and I try to, to make a move in all of them. So 15 minutes a okay. day. So that's a couple hours a week. So, um, as a listener, if you are interested to know how long are you actually on those apps in your settings, if you yeah. uh, open up your settings and you click on the battery and then give it a second to uh, load up the battery usage and then it will show you uh, the last 24 hours or the last seven days, as long as your phone has not hit a zero charge. And then to the right of that, there's a little clock icon and that will tell you exactly how much time you have been on every app and it will tell you how much has been on the foreground, how much has been in the background. And I've done this with people and I got to tell you, it's been a lot of, oh shit moments where like they didn't realize how much time they actually spent. So it's, what's yours? I'm looking for it now. Hold on. <laughs> That's less 24 hours. I might not have played on it in 24 hours. Here we go. Words with friends, 3%. That's not bad. 22 minutes on screen. In the last day? 24 hours, seven days. Okay. But that, like I said, I play it more on the iPad. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I'm in line and I finish my mail, I'll open it up and see if there's a move waiting for me. Uh, it, it, but here's the thing. I'm good at this already. I know better than to spend a lot of time on it. And if it were taking up too much time, I wouldn't play. And in fact, like there was a time when I got really, really busy. All of my games aborted because I didn't play for so long. You know, it's, it's I'm not obsessed with it. But when I have time, I, I've read so many places that if you, you keep challenging your mind, you're less likely to develop Alzheimer's. So I try to uh, do different things. Like I'm going to learn something new this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to school to learn to be a woodworker. I want to build cabinets. Cool. Yeah, well, I hear that that's really good for your brain. If you switch, you know, switch careers late in life, that uh, you have a lot less chance of going soft. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'll take you. I'll take every, every opportunity, you know, that, that one won't hurt me. So, so I'll, um, Oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to share my moment of truth right here on, on my, so this Uh is a a new phone. So it only has the last uh, two days of, uh, of usage and I have a game as the one that's the used the most. It's, uh, you know, the game 2048. Uh huh. I have been so like obsessed with this game lately. So in the last 48 hours, it says I've played this for 4.3 hours on screen. Oh, I'm glad that you brought that up though, because people need to know. Well, how did you feel when you saw that? <laughs> it was sort of like, I'm not surprised and fuck. <laughs> and you're appalled at the same time. I'm not surprised and appalled at the same time. Well, here, I, my top one is home and lock screen. <laughs> and my second one is messages 1.7 hours on screen. But I'm okay with that because almost everybody I know, that's how we communicate. I mean, that's even more than email. And especially with my family and my friends. So. That doesn't seem out of line. 
but I don't really play games on the iPhone. I'll go grab the iPad. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look at its battery thing, but I'm doing that off camera. <laughs> well, if you want to uh, learn more from Bob, also known as Dr. Mac, um, but where, where can people reach you and learn more about you, find out about your, your courses, your books, all that kind of stuff? It's all at WorkingSmarterForMacUsers.com. Within a few seconds, you'll be pestered to join my list. There's no obligation and it's free and I give you free stuff as soon as you join. So, you know, feel free to try it. Um, also, I have a, uh, a special offer for all the listeners. I have a coupon for you. If you want to take my course, I'll give it to you for half price. Awesome. What's that code? The code is ADHD rewired. Awesome. Awesome. So, so it, that's price. good till uh, I, what I made it until it's good for at least the next two or three weeks. I think it's good till the 15th of August, but I don't remember. All right. So I got to see when this is going to, uh, to come out. So we might need to, uh, that might need to be adjusted. So we'll, we'll, we'll uh, yeah, you let me know. Let me know this. It'll be available for 30 days after this airs, after this is released. Right. How about that? Great you tell me that. when that'll yes. be and I'll, I'll yes. change the coupon. Excellent. Okay. And you can get to that by going to the website, working smarter for com slash buy, and then clicking on the course. And just when you check out, use the coupon code. Awesome. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Dr. Mack, thank you. This is a lot of My fun. My pleasure. This was a lot of fun. All right. Take it easy. All right. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. The ADHD Rewired community is now a secret group on Facebook, so that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. 
If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like 7 billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels... Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.